Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski. How you doing, D? Hello, Bongo. I'm doing good. How are you, Sean? Not too bad today. Um, so we're using a new computer. So if uh, technology goes weird today, uh, please bear with us because you just never know what's going to happen. So, so um, how is that? And I can't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything I said or anything that I played. Anything that you played. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll we'll get, we'll get that fi- we'll get that figured out as we as we go along. So uh, I won't be playing much during the show anyway. So uh, so it's all good. But how's life over in Germany, D? Uh, Sean, life is interesting over in Germany with the uh, with the soft quote unquote lockdown. Uh, yeah, I hate being in Europe on the company dime and uh, can't take take advantage of it. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, here in the here in the United States, you think about, oh, if I'm going to go to California, you know, it's it's a long ways and stuff like that. But when you're over where you're at, everything's so close together. You know, all these countries are so close together that there's a there's a world to explore over there that. Yeah, I bet that I bet that is a bummer. I had every intention. We had every intention of getting together. uh, Jen from France with with her and her husband, like I did the last time I was here, uh, which. And, and we can't because France is even more strict lockdown than here, which brings me to the point where uh, she backed you up on the uh, goddamn big plastic trees thing. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Jen from France. <laughs> I don't know Jen from France, and you do, but uh, but I appreciate that she uh, she sees things down the middle and like they are. Now I don't know. I need Sounds to. I, fair and balanced. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't rip on that song as much as I do. I only listened to it a couple of times. It just wasn't my uh, my cup of tea, if you will. But maybe I should give it another chance and and no, uh, and bring and, it back. But it, it's a great song. It's a great album, and I understand it's not everybody's uh, uh, cup of tea. As I say in Europe, <laughs> and, and as I just said like two seconds ago, <laughs> but you didn't hear me. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so today we've got an interesting show. It's a little different. That still keeps on our covers theme. Yeah, and and uh, uh, we we had joked about we could do an entire episode of Chris Cornell covers, and unfortunately, uh, apparently, I had a bootleg uh, of him doing a show unplugged in Sweden that had a few that I wanted to include that aren't available on streaming sites. Uh, and, and I know I had issues getting some of the songs to you with Apple music, you know, off the, uh, the Chris Cornell box. Set. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's a good list. Uh, uh, I think I like Chris Cornell more than you do. And, uh, and the style of music, we, we kind of discussed it before the show, but, uh, but they're all interesting and different takes on the song, especially a few. 
Yeah, you know, it's it. I I wouldn't say. I mean, I like Chris Cornell. I like Soundgarden. I like a lot of Chris Cornell solo stuff that um he's put out over the years that totally doesn't sound anything like Soundgarden. You know, like uh like the you know there especially like in the late '90s, early 2000s, right after Soundgarden broke up, he put out a few albums that were uh that were pretty interesting. I haven't heard stuff. You know, the more recent years before he passed away, I probably hadn't heard as much of uh of that stuff. But his early solo work, I always I always enjoyed. Both of us really loved Euphoria, uh, Euphoria Morning, mm-hmm. his first album. You know, yeah. I can't change the mood, uh, seeking your friend for the end of the world. That's a good song. Uh, no, and he's got, we could do it entire Chris Cornell, <laughs> you know, episode, but but we'll we'll sprinkle him in, in on the playlist in the future. But. The other song that sticks out to me the, of a solo work, his, it was probably his first solo song that came out after Soundgarden, was the song Sun Shower, which was also a pretty good oh, one. Great Expectations soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. I forgot all about that. Yep, that so, is a great song. Yeah. Uh, so so once like this is a nine song playlist. I intention I wanted it to be ten. Uh, I couldn't exclude. I forgot about the Johnny Cash thing that we talked about, so I threw it in there, and I was like, oh fuck, Audio Slave does. Uh, a, I guess a cover, uh, even though it's three quarters to Rage Against the Machine, the killing in the name of. I don't but, think you. Know, can, I don't think you can it. call that a cover. I mean, cause I was thinking about that when you'd sent me that. And it's kind of like saying that uh, that when, when Van Halen had Sammy Hagar or Gary Schroen and they sang Jump, that it was a cover song, and it wasn't, because it's just a different well, singer. And, and we just talked about the song last week, so I, mm-hmm. you know, it was going to be an easy 10th song to add mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, we can you know, gloss over it and you know, discuss the way it was. But, uh, but yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere in streaming. It's widely available on YouTube, but just not, not on you know, Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. And I meant to listen to it and I didn't get to. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to do that at some time, but I can imagine how it sounds though. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm, I, I'm it's, pretty sure. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's fun the way they do it. I'm sure it's probably uh, not as ragey as the rage version, but, uh, no, but, no, yeah. no. So, uh, right, so you want to jump into it? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. The first one is a song we've already talked about. Uh, this was our first Metallica song that we but it's got a unique twist. Uh, he does a cover of One by Metallica. Uh, so a few years ago, this is him quoted from a Rolling Stone article. I was going to do One by U2. I Googled the lyrics, but the words to Metallica's One came up. He told Andy Starr in 2016. I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add those. And it seemed to work pretty seamlessly. Those are the things that when I'm doing a cover song, maybe goes some degree beyond what you expect. And that's just me having fun. Uh, and it's, it's, the shit was dark. I realized the most Googled song lyrics entitled One were actually not YouTube's, they were Metallica. And if you haven't heard this song, and, and I posted the uh, the playlist on Instagram yesterday, uh, seek it out. It's fucking fantastic. It, it's a little bit of a of a mind twist though when you're listening to it because yes. you're, because the I mean and I'm playing it underneath our our uh, talking right now but the weird thing about it is is you're literally listening to the song one by U2 with different lyrics and you want to sing the lyrics to the U2 song but they're not there it's 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 fascinating strange and it it kind of frustrates you all at the same time but the the fact that it works as well as it does is is so interesting like like the fact that he even he's like well fuck it let, let me give it a try uh is, is brilliant just fucking awesome yeah no it is I, I i enjoyed it and i like both songs so it it it's 
works out great because both are really great songs in their totally own separate way completely. And you would never think that this would work. Yeah. And the, the first time I heard this version of it, it was, you know, like a bootleg thing on YouTube. Again, bootleg end up, but they did release it on the box set that came out, uh, I believe, last year, 2019, which is phenomenal. Fucking seven OPs, Chris Cornell. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll get we'll get to a we'll get to a, a point I want to make on that uh, later on in the show, or maybe I think my side Oh, by the way, uh, tell us what you think about the splitting up the episode. If you know when you, uh, uh, if you care to, I, th- I think we, we, both you and I like Leia's idea of uh, cutting it off. <laughs> Leia's idea, <laughs> yeah, doing side A and side B, and doing you know just a, a little you know it's not shorter, uh, but uh, but doing a Monday and Wednesday, you know, side A and side B for the week. I, I'd love to hear what you think. I, we've gotten some feedback on it and it seems to be, yeah, people seem to like it. They don't have to hear us for nearly as long at one time. They enjoy that. <laughs> exactly. And when, the, when Richie gets back on the show, uh, we'll be nice for them to have a, you know, a couple of days break from having to hear him. <laughs> uh, now the next song I probably was my favorite of all of them that you uh you put on here and and i'm gonna be bold when i say this i think this version of this song is better than the original which i know is saying something because the original is really damn good but man this one there was something about this one that just caught me that i was like man that is that is really really good and and i mean the song is patience originally by guns and roses and the way that chris cornell put this together and the way he sings it i I think it's better than the guns and roses version Wow. I don't know I, I, that I can't disagree with you, uh, you know, having listened to this a few times this week. Uh, I, but that, you know, like I was such a fan of Guns N' Roses. If you sure. Remember, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, well, still am. But uh, and this song is just, you know, outstanding in its own right. You know, the Axel and Slash version. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, the coolest thing is, you know, they, they released this to honor his uh, birthday. Uh, this year, and uh, uh, it went to number one on the Billboard Mainstream Rock chart, and it only got to number seven for Guns N' Roses. That's interesting. Uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's such a different thing, and the fact that they had this, you know, in their back pocket just to release like that, is so fucking cool. Well, I will say this about the charting and stuff, though, is Guns N' Roses, when Patience came out, had a lot more competition than this would have. Oh, sure. And this is based on streaming and more shit like that. Too. Yeah. Stuff we didn't, you know, like, I don't understand it really at this point because, you know, like, there's the, the songs. Uh, don't get me started on kids today. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that shit down. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm playing a little bit of it underneath um our our talking right now. But go listen to this song and let us know your thoughts on which versions better because I'm totally in Camp Cornell on that one. I think it's just outstanding. Not that the original isn't great too, because it absolutely is. It's a it's a really great song for its time and all of that kind of stuff. But this version is really awesome. Uh, and, and and this is one of those situations where you know his voice shines mm-hmm. so much. You know, the, my controversial statement of, of uh, Chris Cornell being over Eddie Vedder. Uh, <laughs> it's not a controversial of, statement. Is, it's not a controversial statement so much if it was from anybody else. It's the fact that it came from you. 
you know, well, sure. No, and, and controversial. Point. Yeah. And that point is taken. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but just the way he projects this song, and there's going to be a couple down the road, uh, you know, that we're going to talk about too, where it just blows my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, so the, the, as long as we're talking about patience, we'll go a little bit to the controversial part of it is uh, that they were so hot after Appetite for Destruction mm-hmm. that they hot shot in this GNR Lies EP out that had, uh, you know, it was four, four songs per side, I believe. It was four live songs uh, on, uh, you know, from earlier shows. And then this was one of the originals that was on the, uh, the B side of the album. And uh, there was, there was uh, Patience, uh, there was uh, the slowed down version of You're Crazy, mm-hmm. and the controversial One in a Million track, which we won't get into too much. But uh, uh, looking back in 1996, I used a quote from that song as my senior quote. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, oh, is that I the some say a, I'm some say I'm lazy, others say that's just me. Is some that some so, I'll always be? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and the rest of the song is actually in 2020 terms, fucking horrible. And they didn't, they you know, they it had an anniversary recently, and they didn't re-release anything. You know, like they just put out some lies and uh, merch. But uh, but obviously, you know, they're trying to shy away from. Talking about the, it again 20 years later. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also the, uh, the motivation for the track is generally accepted to be the troublesome relationship between Axel Rose and his now ex-wife, Karen Evans, which I think was a Victoria's Secret model. And she was in the November of the Rain video, I believe. Uh, though this was never stated in the album or interviews. According to bass guitarist uh, Duff McKay and Axel came up seemingly out of nowhere that of course became the story of another of that song uh, yeah, it's just a great fucking song mm-hmm. no you it know, is was, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that write, that, it's interesting that he'd write this song for the lies 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 and then she would be in the November rain which would be on the illusions that they would still have been together you know for that long of a time that might have been a different, a different brunette uh, a different model wife. Yeah, a different <laughs> brunette model wife. Uh, when, when the one scene that always sticks out to me in that video is when, like, out of nowhere, some guy just jumps into the wedding cake. <laughs> like, he's not thrown into it or anything. He's just like, I got to get the fuck away from whatever the fuck it is. One thing in the notes, I started laughing a second ago and it wasn't about what you were saying because you were talking about something serious about this. But uh, you uh, you put in here that that uh, the patience is the first Cornell solo song to reach number one. You know, and you talked about that. But previously, he did hit number one in 2015 as the featured vocalist on the Zach Brown band song Heavy as the Head. And it just, oh. <laughs> it just made me think of that, that playoff. It was that Cubs Cardinals playoff series that the Cubs won to go to the <laughs> NLCS. And that song played in every single commercial break. And it, and it stuck in me, your head. Me and your, yours and Richie's text messages, and like every other one would be, Heavy is the Head. <laughs> That's was, actually that's actually a pretty good song though. It's a great song. Yeah. Zach Brown is a great band too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that uh, sidebar ish, yeah, uh, he they did an EP where Dave Grohl produced it a few years ago. Okay. Really fucking good, you know. So they they got the connections, you know, with with Chris Cornell doing this. Oh, and that Saturday Night Live performance of that song with Chris Cornell on it was was outstanding. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just it just cracked me up when I saw that though because for a know, while for a while we we would even end text messages with hashtag heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> it just got so <laughs> <Yes>. stupid. <laughs> but maybe Zach Brown should make an appearance was, on our yeah. on our country centric episode that's coming up. Hmm, perhaps. Interesting. You know who else should make that appearance on there? Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're doing this, but I, John Prime with the issue uh, that came up this week with Jason Isbell. Uh, you know, he was omitted from the uh, uh, in memoriam on the CMAs this year. Really? So Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires, you know, checked out of the Country Music Association. They turned their cards. In. Really? Like, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Well, maybe we'll have to do that. So hashtag heavy is the head. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> mm. What was the year before that? Uh, sticking with the sidebar is that was somebody had a TV show. Remember, there was that one playoff where TBS. Oh, it was um, it was uh, the the uh, impression guy, uh, Frank Caliendo. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every time you would. Yes, that was a few years before that. I think yes. Yeah, but that heavy as the head, I, I, that cracked me up with that. And 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 uh, Dave, uh, you know, who got me this job, who you know, uh, you know, we would joke about the heavy as the head too because he's a Cub fan. So you know, I think we were both in Lexington, Kentucky, when that series was going on, and it was just heavy as the head, like Jesus Christ. Well, we get it. We get it. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, the problem is sometimes when they market stuff that that much, I almost said that heavy. Um, but when they do it that much, it almost makes you not want to buy it because you've heard it too much and you just can't deal with it. It's it's almost yeah. They they need to chill out sometimes. Almost like you don't want to drink tequila because this guy is just fucking hammering you with his fucking song on the radio. Like, ugh. I'm looking at my bottle of Cabo Wabo tequila on the shelf over there <laughs> right now, so I can't comment on that. You wouldn't eat, you wouldn't drink it anyway. No, he only sold it. He, uh, hey, he only sold that company to somebody else for eighty million dollars. So I, I think he did all right. We talked about this in the Van Halen show where they they all sold their shares to uh, to Sammy, and he ended up making fucking eighty million dollars off that shit. Well, no, that was that's the restaurant in Cabo that you're oh, talking oh. about. And he still owns that. But the when he made the tequila, he you know, he had it for a long time and the company yeah. ended up being worth a hundred million dollars and he sold out um like three three quarters of the shares for eighty million dollars a few years ago and then made his own rum line. So yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, for him for him being the uh the second singer and you know, Roth and Van Halen and all that, he's probably the richest out of all of them because of his side projects. Yeah. Well, and he's also probably the most intelligent one, in, you know, in that entire history of that band. Business sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. So speaking of um, them, though, it goes to our next song, which is a Led Zeppelin song that Sammy and his band covered on one of the records not too long ago. And it is a whole lot of love, which I will say once again, I like. I, I won't say I like this version more than the original because that'd be ludicrous. But uh, but this is a really good version of this song, and it's all about uh, Carlos Santana's guitar. Is why it's that way. It's not so much about Chris Cornell for that reason, but Carlos Santana's on point with how he plays guitar in this song. And 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 I think we actually brought it up uh, last week when we talked about guitars playing. Uh, you know, like where it sounds like the words, you know, to to the song. Like Carlos Santana is the king of that. And, but Chris Cornell gives Robert Plant a run for his money on this goddamn. 
Oh no, I'm not saying he doesn't sing it well. I'm just saying you can't. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that a that a version of a song by Led Zeppelin's better than the Led Zeppelin version. Is all I mean by that. Completely understood. Completely mm-hmm. understood. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Uh, do you remember that that uh, uh, that CD Anconium, that Led Zeppelin tribute CD that came out when we were in high school? I do not. It had that. It had Hootie uh, and the Blowfish doing one song. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, The Dancing Days. Cracker did a version. Cheryl Crow did some song. I do not. No. You don't, hmm. don't remember that all? Dancing Days was on the radio all the fucking time. Who, who sang it? Stone Temple Pilots. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't remember that. Here I know the Dancing song. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't remember. I don't remember that, though. That's a great fucking album. Uh, speaking of great album. Uh, no, and, 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 and this song, you know, you've got goddamn Carlos Santana, Chris Cornell, you know, fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me t- show you or talk about the playlist of this album because this was off of a uh, you know a, a guitar heroes guitar heroes guitar heaven the greatest guitar classics of all time listen to some of these and this is you know with the whole Rob Thomas uh, smooth thing you know he made a killing off you know collaborating with other artists supernatural that was good. Can't You Hear Me Knocking, the Rolling Stones song with Scott Weiland. Uh, Why My Guitar. Uh, Riders on the Storm with Chester Bennington and Ray Manzarek uh, from The Doors. Smoke on the Water with the lead singer from uh, uh, Jacoby Shadows. What the hell? Papa Roach. Uh, Dance the Night Away, Van Halen with uh, Pat Monahan from Train. Uh, Little Wing with Joe Cocker. And I Ain't Superstitious, that CB Wonder song with Johnny Lang. It sounds pretty cool. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's a great fucking record. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the other uh, the note I'm hearing is that. Uh, uh, just in the unique pool and baby, I'm not. Is anybody schooling? Yeah, that's something that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, is this a good? Do you want to do the next song uh, before we move into uh, side B, or, or do you want to, you want to cut it off now? Let's do one more. Okay. This next one, and this is going to get our Pearl Jam connection. Is uh, it's a cover of Redemption song by Bob Marl. Uh, it's uh, at the time he wrote the song, had been Bob Marley had been diagnosed with cancer in his toe that took him a couple of, that took his life a couple of years later. Uh, he was already secretly in a lot of pain and dealt with his own mortality, a feature that is clearly apparent in the album, particularly in this uh, in this song. And uh, it's 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 on his twelfth album, Uprising, which I believe was his last, you know, album. Uh, it's been covered a ton. This is a version that he did in New York City at Beacon Theater with his daughter Tony Cornell when she was only 11 years old. And what a fucking beautiful voice that girl has. The uh, Pearl Jam connection, two of them, is uh, uh, Tony Cornell this year for one of those charity streaming things did a cover of Black, Mm -hmm. which is fucking outstanding. It is good. Yeah, even even Eddie Vedder was like, that's really good. 
And the other thing is uh, uh, one of the uh, fan club singles was a, uh, I can't think of the goddamn name of the, the charity show that Jay-Z puts on, but uh, but Eddie Vedder did the song with Beyonce. Oh yeah, it was that war, it was something, it was in New York City. I yeah. remember that. because you wanted to do in New York and Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, you were, you, but I remember, I remember I was watching it and I texted you and I was like, are you watching this right now? And you said, no, I said, turn on your TV. And yeah, that's, that's been several years ago now, but that was really cool. Cause yeah, you just like, 26. I mean, who would have ever put Eddie Vedder and Beyonce together on a stage singing a song together ever? No, who would have thought of that? Yeah. But, you know, but they also it, at the, that same show. And I can't think of, again, I can't think of the name of the goddamn concert. Uh, like a year or two before that, uh, they did. Oh God, let me look this up here. They did. Okay, so ninety nine problems, the song by Jay Z. Pearl Jam played that song with them, but instead of the normal beat to ninety nine problems, they did that song WMA. Mm-hmm. You know, off of verses. You know, like basically just baseline you know, ran through that and they did uh, 99 problems and it's fucking outstanding. But, but yeah, the, the Tony Cornell singing black is awesome. And her voice is an 11 year old with her father here. Right. That's what I was going to say. She was only 11 years old. And, and this yeah. is, she sounds like she's probably like 25 the way that she's oh. singing it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's remarkable. It's yeah. remarkable. This, this is a great song. And he did a cover of the song again, going back to that bootleg. Uh, that unplugged in Sweden when uh, they were promoting an audio. He was promoting an audio slave album uh, uh, on that, but he did a version of this song on there, and it's it's been a staple of uh, uh, of Eddie Vedder's you know solo shows too. But it's just such a beautiful, sweet song. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not a huge Bob Marley fan, but mm-hmm. this song, this song is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm playing it underneath our talking, and her voice is just killing me for her being 11 years old. That's just crazy. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. 11 years old. Well, that does it for side A of this week's episode. Side B will be released on Wednesday when we have four more Chris Cornell cover songs to go over. But until then, have a great start to your week, and we'll talk to you next time here on Sean and D's Good Tape.